Hi, Dad. Hi, Celine. Did you know that you and I are about the same age if you count time living in the world? What do you mean? Well, as you know, I left a high control religious group around the time you were born. So you're in your 20s then? <laughs> well, maybe in my head. The thing is, though, because I had all of my beliefs about morals, science, politics, religion, philosophy provided for me, I spent the last 25 years trying to work out what I should think about a whole bunch of stuff and work out what's going on. No one knows what's going on, Dad. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we did. What Should I Think About is a podcast that sets off on a lofty goal to make sense of the complicated, contradictory, confusing but wonderful thing we call the world. Hi, welcome to What Should I Think About. My name's Stephen and I'm really excited to be joined by two of my favourite people. Um, We've got Germ here today. Hi Germ. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, Well, it's very, very good to have you back again. Um, So our listeners should know who you are. Um, Germ, you've been on our podcast a couple of times before, at least. I have. Um, You've talked about your story, and we talked about gaming. So it's great to have you back. And uh, a first-timer, Marianne, welcome to the podcast. Hi, gentlemen. How are you? We're we're very well. Thank you. Well, I'm very well. I don't know about you, Germ. I'm very well, too. (laughs) (laughs) Great. So Marianne is uh, one of our patrons and um, my personal favourite patron. But uh, Marianne keeps me into shape. She tells me when I'm falling behind on things. Um, She asks me very, very politely when I'm going to release something. Um, So she's good. She keeps me on the straight and narrow. So uh, it's really great to have you on the show today, Marianne. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Stephen. Brilliant. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about heroes today. Um, and we're, we're all ex-Jehovah's Witnesses here, aren't we? So, And I think we're all pretty much raised as JWs. And that gives us a certain perspective on this idea of heroes and hero worship and all that sort of thing. So it may be a bit different in different families because I think this is one of those areas that individual witness parents may have differed a little bit on how how zealous they were about it but how were you as kids um raised to think about hero worship and that sort of thing uh, well in my case um I, it was a little bit more on my mother's side that she would um she would talk about it because you know as i became a teen because i i, I was basically born in let's put it that way my parents were baptized by the time I was about three years old so I'm gonna say pretty much born in um and as I got to be a teenager uh you know she would notice in my room I'd have posters of the the rock stars I liked and I had a whole wall just of the Yankees because I'm a huge baseball fan Uh, and she would say you know that's idolatry and she would tell me to take them down i would take them down and slowly put them back up again <laughs> so we had this little you know back and forth and it's all normal i mean i have a daughter who's in her early 20s now and she did the same thing she had her posters still has a few but had her pictures up it's a normal normal part of growing up for most people to admire people and you know it's just part of growing up and in the jw's it's a no no that's right. Yeah. Uh, no, what about no. you, Jim? Yeah, it's very similar uh, for me. We, you know, uh, I, I was also born into it and I just, I, I already knew that it would be a problem. So I didn't really ever try. 
um, you know, I knew how my parents stood on it and how the religion stood on it, you know, it's no adultery, no adultery. So I just never, I never really went there, but, um, kind of what I would do instead, because like, like Marianne said, I think that's just a natural thing that you got to do when you're younger. And I mean, older, cause I still do it now, <laughs> um, you know, is you got to obsess over things a little bit. Um, so I would kind of redirect that to like things rather than people. So I would get, you know, like very big on star Wars, you know, that, that was my thing. You know, I love me some star Wars. And even then though, they would, they would say, they would catch on to me. You're like, that's you're idolizing star Wars a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I got caught. <laughs> It's so sad, isn't it? I mean, it it kind of they're spoiling everything, aren't they? It's um, it, it's so harmless. But yeah, the uh, what was the rationale for it? It was um, as you said, Marianne. It was it was supposed to be idolatry, wasn't it? It was um, right. the idea of worshiping men, women, um, in place of God. You know, as if as if anybody really did that, but. It was that was the danger, wasn't it? it? This was a form of idolatry, having a poster up in your bedroom um, of a pop star or uh, or a team, uh, football team or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, very strange. Yeah, they, they would always say that you know Jehovah is a jealous God, and that would just like kind of you hear it so much, it just goes in one ear and out the other. But thinking back, I'm like, man, he really. If he like can't even handle me having a poster of, you know, like, I don't know, Leonardo DiCaprio or something, he is like crazy jealous. He needs to get some help. <laughs> and Jeremy, you were saying about Star Wars. Uh, when episode four came out, I was about nine years old and I did go see it with my father. And I remember him saying, now remember, we need to keep in mind what Jehovah says about war and all this stuff can't really happen because we're the only planet that has life on all that so it was almost like I got a backstory before I even saw the movie. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I had to be prepped before I could even see a, a science fiction movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a they very really good, do ruin everything. They do. It's a very, it's a very good point. Yeah. I like that point you made there, Jim, about um, Jehovah being a jealous God. Yeah. So if he's jealous of some, I don't know, picture, some baseball picture or something, you think, well, what's he trying to say? He's a better picture. Is that, a, you know, Jehovah could actually do a better job at uh, that curveball than, um, than that. <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah <laughs> oh dear yeah yeah it's a, it's a show so yeah it kind of interfered with all of that but i think you're right um germ that even though we weren't supposed to do it we still had people individuals fictional or real that we kind of looked up to so whilst we couldn't have them on the wall um apart from you marianne sneakily gradually trying to get them back up again um uh, we still sort of did something so who were your heroes then um who were the people that you kind of looked up to and why so let's get let's get some names here let's not be embarrassed we want some names who were your childhood heroes so i my childhood hero it's kind of weird for me so it was it was actually michael jackson and it i'll explain why it's weird because I wasn't really allowed to listen to his music. You know, Michael Jackson was at least my parents and my congregations considered him to be like a, you know, the great apostate that left the religion and then started, you know, he did thriller and he's just, you know, you can't listen to him. It's bad, 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 bad. Um, 
So I didn't actually listen to his music. Um, but I was like, I was fascinated by him because, you know, I'd heard so much about him. Um, and it, it I kind of looked up to him because I saw that, you know, there, here's a person that has the same upbringing as me, you know, had the same kind of weird things drilled into his head and still became like the successful person that chases dreams and, you know, did what he wanted to do anyway, because I was also struggling a lot with the, you know, mm. I wanted to be a writer and do things. And they were like, well, you can't do that. You're bringing attention to yourself and not Jehovah. Mm. So, you know, I really looked up to Michael Jackson just for, you know, what he accomplished despite his background. So that was mine. Very interesting. Marianne. I think you're going to need two parts of this podcast for me to <laughs> tell you everyone. I'm just going to tell you the, the few that I really like, okay. And a lot of them were also like crushes too. Um, okay. yeah. uh, I, I, I just saw them in concert last year, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Oh, yes. Love them since, love them since I was, I think I first saw them on Dick Clark's Rock and Eve in the early eighties wow. and, uh, just thought they were adorable. Um, <laughs> David Bowie made a big resurgence when I was in high school. So I had him up there and, and I just thought he was so cool. I mean, you couldn't get more cooler than him. And I've been a, a Beatles fan, uh, thanks to my aunt Jeanette who was like 14 when they came over so she got me into them uh so I had them on my I, I was a little bit of everything I had a little bit of 60s thrown in with you know growing up in the 80s in high school and all that so um and like I said I had a whole wall just of Yankee players you know from the, the time I could I probably was five when I got into them with my dad so I had them all over there and um, I knew every person. That was another thing my mother would say, can you name all 12 apostles? Cause you can sure name the lineup of the Yankees every day. <laughs> and that I think my dad internet. said that to me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I was just about oh, so- to mention that that was the old thing, wasn't it? it? That was the thing that was supposed to make you guilty, feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> if you couldn't name the 12 apostles, but you could name, yeah, you know, all the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, okay. Well, they're, they're all pretty cool, aren't they? Um, I think mine were, um, again, I didn't have anything on the wall, but we did. Um, uh, my, my dad was a Manchester, well, still is a Manchester City fan, so not a United fan, which is what most people think of uh, around the world, but uh, Manchester City, and at that, that time they were really rubbish. Uh, so we call it football, obviously you guys call it soccer. Um, but, um, so uh, yeah, I, I knew all the players, uh, but we used to have like stickers. I think they did the same in America. You used to collect the cards or something and you could stick them in a book. Um, so we were allowed to do that. This is the kind of hard to work out what you can and you can't do. So we were okay doing that, collecting these stickers that we could stick in the book but we couldn't put them on the wall. You know, it's all, all seemed a bit, bit odd, really. So lots of football players. Um, I, I think the other, I was trying to think of the things like movies and stuff. So um, I loved Star Trek growing up as a kid. Um, so I think Captain Kirk, that character of Captain Kirk was a big, um, that was a big hero of mine. I really liked that character. I mean, now I look back on it, he's he's not exactly the character that I would you know, say I would want to be, but at the time he was, you know, he was strong, he was intelligent, he was good at getting his own way and, and, um, you know, he was in charge and I, I kind of liked him. So that, I think he was a bit of a hero. Um, so yeah, we did have that, um, that sense, didn't we? 
but we didn't uh, we weren't allowed to sort of show it outwardly um, okay. I, I guess we were just looking at you know like you said uh flawed characters sometimes i mean aren't we all so i think you know we we do look up to them but they're also people so maybe we're looking to be a little bit better than what we are and that's how we kind of you know yeah i think that is the function of personally i think that is the function of, of the hero isn't it it's it's the person that you aspire to be or at least that that's part of it um so anybody here have jesus as their hero oh god <laughs> no that's a whole other term there germ <laughs> yeah that's another podcast yeah. no actually uh, to be honest with you for me um i very rarely got into being in a j-dub i i kind of just tried to do my best to make it look like i was following along right. you know and i think sometimes my parents did see through that i'm not that good an actress <laughs> yeah that i mean that is a really good question though because i'm thinking back on it and you know as obsessive as i would get over things and as spiritual as i considered myself i never really had biblical heroes no, mm -hmm. no never yeah it's interesting um john elson one of uh, a friend of mine who's been on the podcast himself a couple of times he he taught told me about um when he was growing up samson uh, was his hero and actually he's a bit like a superhero isn't he if you think mm -hmm. samson's the sort of superhero yeah. of the bible um super strong and um, all of that so yeah but it's it's i remember there was talk at times about you know actually jesus um should be your hero he and i remember as a child thinking well um yeah i, I sort of understood why you know he, he was the, supposed to be the exemplar the model of what we should be like but um yeah this as a character it didn't i i suppose as a child you, you know that's a different thing as well is you don't really that's not the sort of hero you're looking for is it you're, you're looking for somebody a bit more action oriented i would suggest but um yeah, yeah. and for me I, I just felt like i couldn't relate with any mm -hmm. biblical characters there's very little to relate to you know they'd hardly say much live totally different lives than we live you know who knows how they would react in a real life situation that i'm going to face because yeah. they you know they would never face that yeah not only that but the ones that we looked up to that we mentioned before you could see them on tv or hear them on the radio see a picture of them in a magazine um you didn't really have pictures of these people i mean you kind of could picture them in your mind i guess you know but they weren't they weren't flesh and blood you know they were just on a page yeah, and, and I think the um, yeah the, the the Bible isn't very good at um, at kind of fleshing out characters, is it? it is, it's not that sort of work, really. So you don't get much of a kind of in depth backstory about somebody. You just you just hear that they did this and then they did that and then they did something else, you know. So it's it's kind of hard to to really understand that 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 character and, and make it live uh, plus they, they most of them did some really horrible things and, and um, yeah <laughs> even even the supposed to be good ones you know they, they're generally slaughtering people uh, certainly in the hebrew scriptures If you're enjoying the podcast and you'd like to support it, 
you can do so in a few different ways. Firstly, leaving a rating or a review really helps get the podcast noticed. So please, if you can, give a review on whatever type of application you're listening to. You can also become a patron for just £1 or $1.50 a month. And there's only one tier. And finally, please tell people about the show. We know that word of mouth is a really important way of people finding out about what should I think about. Thanks again for listening. And now back to the discussion. Um, okay, so we, we've all left, so we can have whatever heroes we want now. Um, so that's my next question, really, is um, who are the people that we look up to now and why? Because I'd like to get to the nub of why heroes can be useful or if they're useful or, you know, what they're for. So let's start with who Who are the people that you guys look up to now? Who are your heroes, if you have any? I guess for me, I, it's going to sound really strange maybe, but... I, I still look up to people from the past, but not from the Bible. Yeah. Um, mine would be like Amelia Earhart. Um, always fascinated by her being one of the first women to, you know, go uh, fly around the world, yeah. even though she obviously met a sad end. Well, I don't know if we'll ever know exactly what happened, but, um, and Eleanor Roosevelt, who was one of our first ladies back in the thirties and forties, um, because she did a lot for people for women and for all people. And she wasn't one of those first ladies that, you know, just wants to look pretty. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she, she was out there. She was, um, you know, she walked among the people, she did things. She, she tried to make things better in her time. And I always looked up to her and um, Helen Keller. That's another one of mine. And again, all of them have been dead a long time. Mm -hmm. So I find it kind of ironic that I never, um, found any heroes in the bible but i could find heroes and people that mm. you know were uh i think helen keller might even die this the year i was born but you know have been gone a long time but i've found their lives very interesting and very inspirational so um i don't know if there's really anybody nowadays i just feel like there's just been a lot of um a lot of strife going on lately you know not only in the xjw community but outside of it so I don't know, maybe I will find someone that I can look up to uh, that's <laughs> in my current time period. But right now, yeah. unfortunately, I don't know if I've really found anybody yet. Yeah, there, there feels like a general cynicism about people these days. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Jim? Yeah, for me, I feel like I, I think that I've just been messed up for life uh, on, on this topic. Thanks mm-hmm. to JWs. I don't think, I mean, there's definitely stuff that I love and obsessed over, but even it's the same as when I was a witness, it's things and not so much people, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which yeah, I don't, I don't know if I ever will. There are people that like inspire me, but I just don't do the hero like, you know, the hero yeah. worship thing. And yeah. for me, part of it is, uh, when I see, when, when you see that, especially having left a cult, some of that behavior is like a red flag for cultish behavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I try to steer clear of it. Yeah, I think I, I think I feel the same way, actually. Um, uh, it there's a, there's a point at which, and, and I suppose we, we ought to try and define heroism or, or being a hero, really, that might help. But um, I think there is a point at which, a devotion to somebody uh, 
um, means that you start to only see the good in them and you don't recognize um, things that they might be doing that that actually you know you 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 don't like you just sort of excuse all of that and that seems to be happening in all, all sorts of domains really um so yeah I, I i tend to feel the same way i mean you know I've, I've written down cult leaders as with a question mark you know for their um for their followers of course cult leaders are heroes aren't they that's yeah. almost part of how it works you know those are people who can do no wrong they are, you know, you listen to somebody talk about L. Ron Hubbard, who's a, sci a Scientologist, or you listen to, you know, people talk talk about, uh, is it Mary Baker Eddy from the Christian Scientists and so on. They, these are just heroic figures in their in their minds, um, but you know, I think most of us wouldn't wouldn't see it that way. And and thinking about politics, you know, we've, um, as we record this, by the time this comes out, this is going to be way out of date because I've got a lot in the bank. But um, <laughs> as we're recording this, just on the TV, um, Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister of the UK, he's just, well, he resigned a few hours ago. Um, and for him, for lots of people, he was a hero. You know, he, he did things that they really wanted him to do and so on. Um, and of course, Donald Trump in the USA to many people he's a hero so it is partly in the eye of the beholder isn't it as well I think that's yeah. another thing too Stephen like I'm almost afraid to look up to anybody anymore yeah. because you know um I, like even in the XJW community we've had some strife like I mentioned before and there was I'm, I'm not going to mention names there was someone that um i kind of admired for helping a lot of people um online and um you know you know how we we talked before about how people are human yeah um so it kind of made me feel like okay am i going down that path again because i saw something i didn't particularly like yeah and um and i realized you know what i think you're going down that path again just like you would have done growing up in that organization thinking that you know these people had it together when really they didn't. Yeah. So um, I think that's maybe that's another reason why I'm kind of not really finding anybody that could fit that bill. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a very yeah. Good and in my case, I don't, I just, I don't really want to. No. Um, I, I feel like, I feel like a lot of hero worship is the root of a lot of the problems that we're facing right now. You know, yeah. this extreme devotion to like, like politicians or your your cult leader or whatever it's caused i think that it's part of the cause for all of the culture wars that we're having right now and yeah. people being unable to um acknowledge the flaws in other people um and not even like beyond that even beyond like the extreme defensiveness of your hero there's also like an element of purity tests you know that are happening like you know mm -hmm. that are you, this person isn't perfect. They, they, they said something that, and now they're like, I don't, I'll, I'll say it, a homophobe, you know, yeah. they, they said this and they're a homophobe, they're a homophobe forever. And now they're trash and garbage, yeah. you know, that's, so it's almost like a, the anti hero uh, thing is happening as well. Just, you know, either I want some, everyone wants somebody that's perfect and it's just never going to happen. Yeah, I think what we're saying is that extremes uh, are never a good thing, are they? So, you know, to to imagine that somebody is this superhuman, um, 
paragon of virtue that that never does anything wrong that's an extreme position and it, it actually can be quite dangerous and doesn't do you any favors um, on the other hand to believe that you know an individual is pure evil and um, not to try and understand them at all can also be um, part of the problem as well I, I think you're right we we partly because of social media I think we've kind of separated ourselves into our little tribes and our sub tribes and, and that's and then that sub tribe can have its own heroes and then everybody yeah. is behind that individual and, and no matter what you've got to defend them for everything and yeah it's very it's very frustrating i think because actually what people are nuanced aren't they um we all make mistakes and we do some really oh, yeah. stupid things um we behave badly sometimes and we we, we recognize that we should do and then we hold our hands up and say look i'm sorry about that i shouldn't have done that that was that was a stupid thing to do or say um and it would be so much easier if we could all do that you know um <laughs> There's a there's a kind of narcissism I think that's linked to heroism sorry heroism um, which is um, is also when so I think a hero who knows they're a hero or believes they're a hero then in itself that can often create a sort of narcissistic streak in them can't it so you know how dare you challenge my heroic status. Um, so that in itself, I think, can be a bit of a problem. So there seems to be a link between some people that we might consider heroes, and often when you get to meet them, they often say, "Don't they? Don't meet your heroes," because they often turn out to be, uh, well, assholes, if if I can use that phrase. Um, and and that's partly because they they believe their own their own hype to some degree. Um, so one of the things when I was looking this up, um, Selena was laughs at me when i do this bit so this is the bit where i get my psychology book out <laughs> the best part and, and by the way steve and my yeah. daughter's going to school to be a uh, psychologist so oh, i find this very fascinating oh fantastic good well there is an article in the um so this is the psychologist it's the uh, british psychological society's magazine that um, i get every month and never use so i always like to use it on the podcast because it at least justifies my subscription fee um but um it starts talking about it's it's an article written by two academics robert mccrory crowley and kevin o'malley and um first of all they quote from joseph campbell i think most of us have heard of the idea that you know there's kind of a formula for heroic stories um, and it kind of goes like the the prospective hero undertakes a task or set of tasks that are ostensibly beyond their capacity and undergoes a form of learning and personal growth which culminates in a return to their known world as a changed person wiser stronger and more thoughtful than before so i suppose your classic i don't know lord of the rings type story with the hobbit the hero's you know, journey exactly yeah. yeah that sort of thing and i think if you look at a lot of fiction you know literature and films they still follow that that general plot don't they which is really interesting but then they they go on to this article goes on to sort of say that um psychologists scientists have, have tried to operationalize this a bit to understand it and to be able to um sort of do some research with it and quite a famous name um is quite big in this field philip zimbardo have you heard of him of famed for the I have so not <laughs> right he's famed for the so-called stanford prison experiment the one where he puts a bunch of um well he gets a 
bunch of uh, graduates uh, and separates them into prisoners and warders. Oh. And this was an experiment that was carried out um, as though it was for real. And he let the exp it's not really an experiment. We've talked about it before because it doesn't have a an independent variable. But let's not get into that. Um, but basically, they put them in this situation and see what happens. And actually, what happens is the the students who are playing prison warders start to behave really terribly towards the prisoners. Um, so Zimbardo was the guy that did this experiment, and it's become quite famous as, firstly, a very unethical experiment, but secondly how put normal people in certain situations and they'll start to behave in pretty horrible ways um, so Zimbardo's done some work on that but also he's done work on um, heroes which is quite interesting and he separated along with this other guy called Franco heroes into four categories so I'm just going to tell you what these four are because I think they relate to some of the, the ones that we've been talking about so firstly we've got people saving others from physical peril um, with no duty to do so. So, you know, somebody that jumps into a river and saves somebody at their own risk um, just because they're a good human being, you know. So that's one type of hero. Second, we've got heroes who protect others from physical harm, but it is their duty. So this would be firefighters or uh, lifeguards, somebody like that who, you know, it's their job, if you like, to save people, but they're still called heroes. And then we've got... Um, Heroes that defy social systems. So these sorts of heroes would be people who would um, stand against accepted social norms. And I think they're really interesting. I want to talk about some of those. because uh, Like uh, revolutionaries. Yes. And mm -hmm. people like, um, uh, well, think about race and um, uh, rights, you know, human rights and things like that. Uh, people like Martin Luther King, for instance, would sit in that category, I think. Um, and then you've got heroes that defy social reality. So these are more like scientific heroes who say that actually, you know, I suppose Galileo would be another one of these who, who says that the world isn't the way you think it is, actually, and they go against the prevailing wisdom. Um, so I thought they were quite interesting categories, actually. But that third one is the one that I, I'm most interested in, because um, they're the ones that I suppose I can probably get behind most these days. Um, so people like Martin Luther King, uh, we I think we know that he he had parts of him that wasn't so nice i think it's understood he was a bit of a philanderer and, and so on but what he did was so important you know uh, is is there anybody that you can think of along those lines yeah um that i feel like we're in in the in america anyway we're in short supply of yeah. revolutionary uh leadership that we that we need to there's yeah. definitely characters like um bernie sanders um who's you know i'm i'm not so much a, a crazy big fan but like other people are um because he does you know go completely against the grain of what's expected of a politician um and he's um you know pushing for major change there's people like him um i'm a big fan of alexandria ocasio-cortez um and locally there's um in, in colorado uh, there's a, a woman named Elizabeth Epps who I first encountered at the Black Lives Matter uh, protests in 2020. And she got um, shot by the police at one of the protests by a rubber bullet. Um, 
And she was like, she was streaming the whole, she was streaming on her phone. I was following her streams and just a very inspirational and smart woman. Um, and ever since she got shot by that rubber bullet unprovoked, um, she has been on a war path against the, the police back there in Denver. And she was just um, a elected house representative that out of nowhere, just a person that was, you know, a protester yeah. got a, fire lit under her butt and now she's you know a representative um and i think that's so for me that's probably my current hero is like yeah. wow yeah that's, that's and, really and it happened in like a matter of two years so that's also very inspirational for me as well it's like you know you anybody could do this yeah i think that's that's one of the things that i like about uh, again do, do we call them heroes I'm, I'm i'm okay calling them a hero so long as um we accept that they are not perfect, you know, so we don't mm -hmm. necessarily copy them in everything that they do. We don't, we don't stick up for everything they've ever done, but we say that this was heroic and this, this makes them a hero heroic figure. Um, so yeah, I, I think that sort of thing, there's actually, that reminds me of one of the ones, if anybody was going to push me today and say, you know, who is, who is your hero? It's this, it's this young woman. Um, and her name is Malala. Um, uh, her second name is Yusuf Zai, I think, but um, everybody just knows her as Malala. And she was the she's got her own web page now, but um, you may have seen her on the news. She, she was born in Pakistan in 1997, um, and her father was a teacher, so he was the teacher of the village. And he set up a little girls' school teaching in this part of Pakistan, and in 2008. Um, the Taliban took over mm -hmm. um, and of course what that meant was that the Taliban basically was stopping all the girls going to school um, and so she was 11 years old and she said goodbye to her classmates um, because they were closing the school down but from that moment on she spoke out publicly about how she wanted to go to school she wanted an education and I'll, I'll read to you what her website says. She said, I spoke out publicly on behalf of girls and our right to learn. And this made me a target. In October 2012, on my way home from school, a masked gunman boarded my school bus and asked, Who is Malala? He shot me on the left side of my head. I woke up 10 days later in a hospital in Birmingham, England. And they saved her, her life. Um, and then um, she stayed in the UK for uh, to get the rest of her education she ended up going to Oxford University getting a, a degree in philosophy politics and economics and um, yeah 2020 she she graduated um, I mean what an inspirational figure I think that's just fantastic wow yeah just because she wanted an education an education you know and mm. you, th you think you know we take these things for granted so much don't we you know um and as as jehovah's witnesses we were denied the yeah. right to to do certain things and for many of us that included getting a degree education but i think you know this is like so many levels beyond that she she wasn't even allowed to learn to read at school you know go to go to a normal school um and the heartbreaking thing of course is that um afghanistan they're kind of back there again aren't they um because yeah. of what happened yeah so it's absolutely heartbreaking but what an inspirational figure um, and and she's very different you know she's a um a young pakistani 
woman um and i'm an old fart english bloke um <laughs> but i don't know there's something about that that young woman that is just so inspirational and for me that's the sort of hero that i i i think can actually bring some positivity to the world <laughs> it does seem like there are some young people coming up that yeah. are trying to make changes um yeah, because it is it is hard. I see, I think sometimes we do get a little cynical about people that we look up to because they're not perfect. No one mm. is, mm. but um, hopefully they're gonna they're gonna take the torch and and do something, make some changes. Yeah, well, you know, people like her, um, absolutely. I, I I look forward to seeing what she what she does in the future. Um, th there was a, a the Stonewall riots was something that I I thought might be. Um, a good one to talk about. Rosa Parks was was mm. another one. Um, so these are people who fit into that third category, really. They are challenging the social order um, for good, aren't they? They're, they're saying that actually the world doesn't have to be this way and we're going to do something about it. And, and for me, those are our heroic characters. You know, um, yeah. you brought up the Stonewall... Um, I, I want to say that happened when you and I would have been very young, Stephen. Yeah. But um, for me, I, I, again, I don't know if this will make sense to a lot of people, but, you know, the JWs have always been homophobic since the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we know that. And as a little girl, there were shows on TV uh, that had uh, people like Charles Nelson Riley on it and Paul Lynn. Uh, they would be on game shows. They'd be on TV shows. And for me, um, not really understanding what that was all about when people would say things like, oh, you know, they're, ho they're homosexuals or whatever. I was like, wait a minute, but, but they're always trying to make people laugh. And when they're on the game shows, they're trying to help people win. And that might be a very naive way to look at it. But for me, that was like my start to realize that we're all just people. You know, it doesn't matter who we love. It's just we're all people. And again, very naive, but that's how I looked at it at a very young age. I yeah. just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> the, the Stonewall riots are a big are a big one for me. It's and it's not really there's not really like a single figurehead behind the movement. Um, it was it was a collective movement, um, which is something I find so inspirational is how all of these people came together as a community and you know just raised hell <laughs> on that city until you know until people started paying attention to them and also the way that um the the gay community came together and um figured out how to deal with aids because they were completely abandoned by the government during that time um yeah. you know it was just it was just the gay virus and we don't have to worry about it who cares yeah. let them all die is basically the attitude that the government had and so you know that it was actually the community that figured out like okay, we're going to figure out how this spreads. We're going to figure out what we're going to do. And, the, you know, they dealt with it as a community, which was so inspirational and something I think about all the time, especially when we, you know, uh, in comparison to now with like the COVID-19 and how, you know, resistant a lot of people were to doing, you know, putting forth the barest level of effort to, you know, stop the spread. Um, it, I don't know. They just seemed... A little weak to me after what my community has done. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Germ? Do you feel that it's happening again with this, uh, what they call it, the monkeypox now, too? Like, I feel like it's almost like a little bit of a revisit as to what happened in the 80s with the AIDS virus. 
it does feel like it's kind of happening again. I am woefully uneducated on this topic. I've this is kind of one of those things that I like. I don't want to out of sight, out of mind. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't have you know any more spoons, um, so I don't really. I can't comment too much on it. Yeah, I think I think there is a risk. I mean, they've certainly in the UK they've downplayed the the risks of of monkeypox becoming anything like um, HIV or anything like that. But um, but yeah, I think there is always that risk um, that it, these things are, are we're getting off piece a bit, but it's it's a it's a really important subject um, that these things are manipulated and, and twisted by people who have a particular agenda and um, are then made to to say certain things. I mean, I know as a Jehovah's Witness child or youngster, it was all almost um, well, let's put it un as unedifying um, the way that Jehovah's Witnesses um, seem to delight. And I use that word advisedly, but they seem to be very excited about the way that AIDS targeted people who were doing things that they didn't agree with. So it, it was for them, it was, you know, homosexuality, casual sex, blood transfusions. And so for Jehovah's Witnesses that it was almost like um, a dream come true. You know, here is this disease that Jehovah's Witnesses were completely protected from because of obeying God's laws. And the more I look back on that now, the uh, the more pretty disgusting I, I find that actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's very it's it's interesting. I, and I feel like I'm about to go like way off topic, but it's sure. interesting the, <laughs> the the way that they, like you said, they do just delight when mm -hmm. bad things happen to people that they don't like, whether it's, you know, earthquakes happening or I remember when 9-11 happened, my dad was thrilled. He was, you know, bouncing off the walls in the house thinking that, you know, Armageddon is going to come. And of course, you know, Jehovah did this to the bankers and those corrupt men and Wall Street and just stuff like that. And it's just interesting the way that they, you know, anything bad that happens to people they don't like is Jehovah's hand in action. But anything bad that happens to them, they don't have that <laughs> same reaction to, you know, I don't Absolutely. know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, the other thing I was going to say is the, seeing as we're, we're, we're talking across the pond here, um, it's kind of interesting to compare the cultural differences around heroes. Um, so I, I thought I'd Ooh. tell you a, a bit of a story about so So some of the heroes in the UK, um, national heroes, let's say. So I suppose one thing I should say is... Um, the NHS, so the National Health Service, um, during the pandemic, um, all those doctors and nurses, um, pe porters, people who drove ambulances, people who, you know, did all that work during the pandemic, they were called heroes um, because they carried on going to work in sometimes absolutely horrific circumstances. And I'm sure the same happened in American hospitals and all over the world. Mm -hmm. You had um, people at times sacrificing their very lives um to look after us um every wednesday i think it was um people in the streets in the uk would stand outside their doors and clap for the nhs and they'd have pots and pans and bang them and so on and that became a bit of a tradition um which was um sort of celebrated um 
it was also the best time to put your bottles of wine in the bin because nobody could hear them um, fall in the bin. Um, uh, but your empties, obviously. Um, but um, but what's interesting is how quickly people have forgotten that, you know. Um, yeah. Mm. And nobody talks about that anymore, and that is quite sad. So heroes sometimes have a short shelf life, and that's because we get bored, I suppose, which is is actually quite quite unfortunate and very very sad but no the cultural stuff so um here's an example of a of a british hero um you may again you may have heard of this you may not because it is kind of very british but it goes right back to the early 20th century to sort of 1910 1911 and this was a time when you know britain great britain was the dominant um empire um and i guess the idle rich had nothing better to do than explore you know that was that was the thing so this is when, when all the explorations were happening over that the 20th century we sort of climbed mount everest we went to the poles and all that sort of stuff um and this was the scott of the antarctic um the whole um race to the north pole and um there was this team called terra nova which was the the expedition it's quite a famous one. There was um, about most of them were military men, but they were all um, half a dozen or something like that. They were doing this expedition to get to the North Pole. I think there was a bit of a race on. I forget. It may have been the Norwegians, but there was another country that was also trying to get to the North Pole by foot um, first. And this was the British expedition. Um, so they they started out, and obviously the story is that. They, they, they all die en route, so they, they don't make ah. it to the North Pole. Um, when they find the bodies of uh, the, the camp, um, the, there's like uh, diaries that they were keeping. And, and so Scott, the, the guy who's leading this expedition, he was writing in his diary. And there's this famous bit in his diary where he talks about this guy called Captain Oates. Um, Captain Oates at this point has got gangrene. Um, his his frostbite and he's like he's holding everybody back. Nobody, um, you know, he thinks I, I'm putting everybody's lives at risk here. Um, and so he says that and these are the famous words, um, and I'll I'll try and do it in the accent he would have used. <laughs> I I'm just going outside, and I maybe some time, and and he just so disappears <laughs> into the wilderness. Um, so British. They, they never see him again, you know. And this is kind of yeah, this is held up as a a British hero, but the whole thing is is very heroic, and that's something in the British culture the 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 heroic loser that I think we really do embrace. It can be sports teams, it can be sports players, it, it, anything really. Just we love a loser, we love a loser, but who's plucky, you know, fought and lost. We really celebrate that. I don't get the same sense. Um, in America, it feels like to me, America likes winners. Um, yeah, and, and America wants people to yeah. win. What do, you, what do you think? Underdog yeah. is underrated, I guess. Here, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's absolutely true, and it's kind of like what our whole nation is based on. You know, we came over and we conquered the Native Americans, and you know, dominated the land and swept everyone out, and we're winners. And that's like that's what you know now we've got the the nfl and it's like very winners and yeah it's true um 
and and it's interesting like uh, i'm trying to think of like his similar maybe historic figures or stories that we might have and i feel like anything that we had is recently um being like exposed for being a sham like i when i was a young kid i remember that like the national hero was christopher columbus Right. Uh, you know, Columbus sailed across the sea in 1492. And, you know, we had a whole song about it. And you know, pfft, we don't like that guy anymore. Um, <laughs> that after we've, you know, I and it's, mm. it's interesting, because I feel like so much of uh, our national, uh, our cultural story, that we all know is turning out to be a lie. So it's, it's, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this. I'm just kind of talking. What about remember the Alamo? Would that be a good, uh, a good kind of sort of parallel to what Stephen was saying? Yeah, I think so. And and I think also like, because we're, America's so big, it's going to depend on where you are in America. Cause like I'm from Denver and we don't really know anything about the Alamo. Mm, yeah, it's true. It's hard for um, a Brit to get his head around the, the sheer size and uh, diversity of of a country like the States. I think it's it's mm-hmm. the the distances involved are so so vast for for somebody who lives in a, on a little island to comprehend. Um, <laughs> we even um, have two states that aren't aren't even connected to the mainland, so we're all over the place. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I think you hit on something really important there, actually, Jim, um, is the cultural stories, because actually heroes are part of the cultural stories, the cultural narratives that we have. Um, and it is also a battleground for a lot of the, the culture wars, I think, that, that we do see. Um, and we've had similar issues um, in the UK. I mean, I know there's been things around statues and so on in, in the States, but we've had the same in the UK. Um, there was a statue pulled down recently in oh was it was it bristol um it was uh, again a slave owner basically and um you know colson robert colson i think his name was do we really want him as a statue and there's even talk about people like winston churchill who is beloved by a really big part of the uk as as the archetypal hero um and then others, of course, say uncomfortable things about him. You know, he was actually a racist and he was drunk half the time. And, um, you know, lots of things that people actually don't like about him. I think this is where what we said before about actually being balanced is really, really important, my view. I hate to use that word because that's a JW word, isn't it? Balanced. But I, I yeah. do. <laughs> Trigger I word. Do, yeah, I do feel that, um, you know, we can still look at people and say, that was pretty amazing what that guy did with um, his or her team or, you know, this captain sailed across unknown waters. There was a lot of bravery there. Imagine doing that. Imagine what it was like to set up a home in a wilderness that, you know, you didn't, you couldn't just nip down to the supermarket to get water. You know, you had, uh, these were amazing feats that people did. You don't have to like everything they did and you don't have to agree with how things turned out for others uh, as a result of that. Um, and it, it's hard to know where to draw the line. You know, there has to be a line. You can't, you know, you can't say, well, everybody's got carte blanche to do whatever they like. Um, but on the other hand, to try and dismantle every single heroic figure for a community that values something about them 
it feels a bit self-defeating. Maybe that's controversial. Right. I don't know. I I feel like no, I, I, and I, I feel like this is this is one of the things I inherited from witnesses that I think is actually a good thing okay. um, that I'm a little grateful for is, you know, I've, I know how to admire somebody from afar, <laughs> you know, I can be inspired by somebody or admire someone. Um, but I don't need to know everything about them. I don't want to know everything about them. And I'm sure that they're, you know, they, they probably have some sort of vice or done something terrible. Um, but that's not the reason that, that's not the thing that I admire them for. And I don't need to know anything about them beyond that. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel about my heroic figures. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely going back to the human condition. I, I, none of us can say that we're a hundred percent perfect in every moment of our life um, to different degrees, of course. Um, so yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, Jerm. I mean, from afar is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're all we're all agreed on that. Um, maybe that's good a place to uh, to wrap up on total agreement. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know on a we don't get a whole lot of that these days. <laughs> it don't do it. No. Um, yeah. Wow. Well, it's a miracle. <laughs> it's not even Christmas. Um, okay. Brilliant. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you guys. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today um yeah heroes there's lots to yeah. more to talk about really um so as viewers as listeners um if you've got any thoughts on this please uh do communicate uh with us and tell us what you think you know who are your heroes maybe what do you think about some of the issues around people who are seen as heroic but have done some terrible things or have been a part of a system that has um abused others or or you know done terrible things you know it's it's interesting and um uh probably quite uh controversial but but it would be interesting to get your views finally i'd like to say thank you very much to you germ thank you thank you for having me on again you're absolutely welcome and thank you to you marianne oh thanks so much gentlemen for making this pretty easy Brilliant. Well, it's lovely. It's been lovely to talk to you, and hopefully, you'll both Dane us again with your presence um, and uh, and come on to talk about something else. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to please like and subscribe. But perhaps even more important is to write that review. You know you want to. Don't forget to write that review. Thank you so much, and goodbye. What Should I Think About is an Evil Sheep production. <laughs>